0: Well, we're going to be looking at the first 10 verses of Luke chapter 15. And uh, something was lost, okay? A sheep was lost and uh, a coin was lost. Have you ever been lost before? Yeah, I I remember the first time I was lost. I was uh, kind of like in a Sears. I was shopping with my mother and I was about five years old. And she was looking at clothes. And this is probably the reason why I hate to shop today, okay? Because I got lost as a five-year-old. But uh, in that uh, shopping place, uh, there was this gal who was getting her hair cut. And she had really long hair. I, I, in my mind, it, I thought maybe it went to the floor. And uh, she was getting her hair cut. And I was just mesmerized watching her get her hair cut. And uh, after a little while, I turned around, and my mom was nowhere to be found. And I started to cry, and I was really scared. And, and uh, some employees took me up to the second floor and got over the PA system and uh, said, you know, there's this little boy, his name is Billy, and he's lost, and he needs his mommy. And uh, my mom came running to me, and uh, all was better. But that was a frightening experience. And uh, I'm sure some of you have uh, similar stories. And, and, you know, as I think of uh, being in the ministry uh, all these years, I can, let you, I, I can say, I can proudly say that I've left every one of my children at church At one time or another. (laughs) Susan and I would take separate cars to the church. And uh, I would think that she picked up the kids. And she thought I picked up the kids. And we'd get home and we would say, where is Allison? Where is Kyle? All four. And uh, I had to eat crow because it was my responsibility to have picked up the kids And uh, yeah, the children were not very happy cappers. How many times did I leave you at church, Allison? You don't know? More times at school? (laughs) Well, what can I say? Well, this morning, um, as we look at uh, Luke 15, we are looking at the heart of Luke's gospel. And uh, we really see the nature, uh, the character of who God is. And as we start off in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is doing it again. He's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, okay? And religious people do not like this. So uh, with that in mind, let's uh, read the first ten verses. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them a parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The parable begins with Jesus hanging out with sinners. Sinners and tax collectors, okay? There's two separate categories, church, for um, these, these rebellious people. Um, tax collectors are worse than sinners. They have a category all to themselves. And the reason why uh, the Jews hate the tax collectors so much is because they have sold their soul to the Roman government. I mean, they are working for the enemy. And they are making money off their fellow brethren uh, while working for, for the Roman government. I mean, tax collectors were so bad that uh, their testimony w- would not be heard in a court of law. They couldn't be trusted. If they were to go to the synagogue and try to, to tithe, their money wouldn't be accepted. That's how bad they were. Now, I'm here to tell you, church, there's nobody that bad here at Emanuel, okay? <laughs> uh, we will accept your money, but for tax collectors... They were the absolute worst. And they weren't even categorized with prostitutes or sinners. And yet here Jesus, once again, is offending religious people. And they're asking Jesus the question, Jesus, why do you keep hanging out with these people? And so with that question in mind... Jesus shares three parables. This morning, we're going to be looking at two of those three parables, the first two. But in this passage, this this is the heart of Luke's gospel. This is what Luke's gospel is all about. This is why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. And he is revealing God's heart to us. And here's the bottom line of these parables. Here's the the bottom line of our salvation church. It's this. You don't remember anything else. You remember this. You don't find grace. You don't find the grace of God. God's grace finds you. That's the key theme of this passage of these parables this morning. You don't find grace, grace finds you. And in these parables, Jesus is finding the lost. And this is our salvation. This is the heart of the gospel. We cannot earn or keep our salvation, it's all Based upon the grace of God. What God initiates when it comes to our salvation, God completes. Yes, we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, but that's not what keeps our salvation. It is purely the grace of God. In your outline this morning, I believe you have Romans chapter 8, verse 30. I love this verse. Speaking of our salvation, Paul says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. That's the wrong verse up there on the screen. All right? But he also glorified. God does it all. And we can trust him for our salvation. Now, the one thing that you don't see, Mark, can we take that verse off the screen there? Because we're kind of ahead of ourselves at the moment. But uh, the one thing that you don't see in this passage of Scripture is the word sanctified. You know, he he calls, he he predestines, he calls, he justifies, and he glorifies. He doesn't do the sanctifying. Why isn't the sanctifying mentioned there? Sanctify, sanctification isn't there because that's our responsibility. We are to work out our our salvation with fear and tr- trembling. We must learn obedience through the things that we suffer just like Christ. But it's through that but even in the sanctification process the spirit of god the holy the gift of the holy spirit gives us the strength, the wisdom, the perseverance that we need to follow Christ. But when it comes to our salvation, we don't find God's grace. God's grace finds us. And that's what we see in this passage of Scripture this morning. And as Jesus shares these two parables, um, he shares... uh, some provocative things in these parables. Number one, he describes, um, he describes God as a shepherd, himself as a shepherd. Now, if you know anything about shepherds in the New Testament, uh, that was a dirty, filthy profession. You know, uh, shepherds weren't even welcome in the temple because of their uncleanliness. And yet God humbles himself in the person of Christ and Jesus describes himself as the great great shepherd. And here we see not only God as being a shepherd, but Jesus is describing um, God as being woman here in this fashion. Now we know God isn't woman. God is spirit. God is gender neutral. But When you think of women in the New Testament, in this culture, um, women were second-class citizens. But here we see Jesus describing the nature of God as a woman who has lost a a, a coin. So it's interesting how uh, Jesus points out these things as we look at this uh, parable. Now, in this parable, in these two parables, the, the sheep... And the lost coin, it's the same literary structure. So I'm not going to be talking about um, uh, both parables separately. I'm going to talk about them together this morning. But there's the same literary structure with both, and it's broken down into four areas. Number one is the lost. Something's lost. Then second, there's a search for what's lost. There's a recovery of what uh, was lost and there's a celebration. You see that structure in both of these parables this morning. So let's look first at what's lost. The first parable, what's lost is a sheep. What's Jesus saying in this passage of scripture? You know, he's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners and he describes this lost sheep. Jesus is is... Describing us as sheep, and church, that's not that's not a, a flattering um, description of who we are. If you know anything about sheep, they're not very smart. Uh, they're not very aggressive. Uh, sheep stink. They they're dirty. When I was a youth pastor at uh, the church in in Highland, I had a really brilliant idea one Christmas season that we would do a living nativity. And because it was my idea, guess who got to pull off this idea? Me. And uh, boy, did I learn a lot about living nativities. And, uh, you know, I had to find some sheep, and there were some people in our church who had some sheep, and so I asked if we could borrow them. We had a house across the street from the church, and, and we put the sheep over there in the backyard. And, and I, one thing I didn't figure out was getting some kind of trailer that, were, that we could put these sheep in to get them across the street for the nativity each night. And guess what I decided to do? take out all the seats in our 15-passenger van, the church 15-passenger van that had carpet in it, and I put the sheep in the van and took them over to the church. Little did I realize that when I would accelerate the van, the sheep would do their duty as far as going to the bathroom. Every time I went, they went. Every time I put on the gas, boy, I, I heard the flow of water. We, we did this nativity for five consecutive nights. That van smelled so ripe at the end of that week. Boy, did I learn my lesson. But uh, it, it's, it was amazing about those sheep. I mean, they were, they were as gentle I mean, there were some big sheep in this backyard and I and another person would kind of corral them and we would just pick them up and we would put them um, in this 15-passenger in this, uh, van. Uh, they wouldn't bite or anything. They were just dumb, helpless sheep. Um, and, you know, you think of sheep and uh, suppose that there was a... a 18-wheel truck or something that uh, overturned with a bunch of sheep on 395? You know, if you heard that story, you might, if you had children, say, hey, kids, let's go out and let's go pet the sheep. You know, we wouldn't be afraid of sheep. But if you heard about uh, a big truck filled with lions and bears in this trailer, and it overturned, Would you want to go out and pet the lions or the bears? Absolutely not. You know, sheep are just gentle, helpless creatures. They need a shepherd. If a sheep gets lost, a sheep's not going to find its way home. It's just going to wander and wander and wander and wander. And because it's so helpless and because it's so weak, Guess what? It's susceptible to all the predators that are out there. Jesus is describing us as sheep. And a sheep was lost. And if a sheep is lost, that shepherd has got to go out and find that sheep. Because that sheep is not going to find itself Back home. So they're helpless. And what happens when a sheep is helpless? Can they get back home? Absolutely not. Not. There's nothing that they can do. In this passage of scripture, there's a coin that's lost. Can that coin make its way back to the owner? what happens if that coin is lost absolutely nothing it can't scream or holler it's going to require the owner of that coin to make an all out search to find the coin that's that's how jesus is describing us church we were lost Jesus is hanging out with tax gatherers, collectors, and sinners because they're lost. And nobody other than God is going to help them find their way back to God. So we see what's lost. And then they go on an all-out search. The shepherd is searching. The woman is searching for the coin. And this is revolutionary uh, for the Jews. See, they understood God as, as a person. This, this idea of, of God seeking sinners, it was a new insight to them. They always believed that God would welcome the sinner back who found their way back to God. But as far as God going out and finding the sinner, this wasn't computing with them. And yet this is the heart of the gospel church from the very beginning of the Bible. God has always been on a search for us. It's always grace has found us. We haven't found grace. If you go to Genesis chapter 3, we won't read it this morning, but Adam and Eve, they've both rebelled against God. Uh, God there was a routine with, uh, at, with uh, uh, Adam and Eve that they would uh, fellowship with one another in the garden in the, in the cool of the day. But after Adam and Eve, Eve had rebelled, what happened? Adam and Eve hid. And when God came to the garden, it was God who was looking for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve weren't looking for God. And we see in that very initial story of the Bible that God is seeking the sinner. If you go to... um, Genesis chapter six, verse eight, verse six, verse eight, the Bible says, "But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord." There was a period of time where um, <clears throat> no one was seeking after God, and God was fed up with mankind, and God was going to destroy man, mankind and the things on the earth. But the Bible says that God, that Noah found favor. In the eyes of God. If you look at that word favor. It's the same way, word for the word "great grace. In the Hebrew. That verse isn't describing Noah. As having a heart for God. And God noticed Noah. And so God chose Noah. No. In the beginning. What that verse reads is. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah wasn't looking for God. God came looking for Noah. And God gave Noah the grace to believe and God gave Noah instructions to build an ark. This is the story of the gospel. God seeks the sinner. If you go to Genesis chapter 12 in the life of Abraham God chose Abraham Abraham was living as a pagan in a pagan culture and yet God found favor on Abraham's life and chose Abraham so here we are in Luke chapter 15 and God's on a all out search for sinners this is the heart of God The sheep isn't looking for God. The sheep can't look for God. The sheep is stupid. He's totally lost. It requires the shepherd to go out in search of the sheep. The same with the woman and the lost coin. We don't find grace, grace finds us. This is our salvation. This is what we believe at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who is looking for the lost sheep. So as we read the Bible, as we read the stories of the Bible, please understand that God is the hero of every story. If you're reading through the Bible this year, you've read Exodus chapter 6 this morning. Exodus chapter 6 talks about God's talking to, to Moses. God's talking about how God, he is going to deliver the people, not Moses, but God is going to deliver the people of Israel out from underneath Pharaoh. On seven different occasions, God says, I will do this. It is God who does the rescuing. We cannot rescue ourselves. Our salvation is based purely upon the grace of God. He does the saving. So we see what, that uh, something was lost. There is an all-out search, which brings us to the recovery. What was lost is found. God finds us. God found you. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, God didn't find me. I found God. That's not what this parable is teaching us, friends. Grace, his grace finds us. How does he find us? Oftentimes he finds us in our broken dreams. Or maybe he finds us through what we've accomplished. We've we've achieved our dreams. But in achieving our dreams, you know what? That's not fulfilling. There's There's still an emptiness in those achieved dreams. God finds us at the end of those detours, at the end of those dead ends, at the end of ourselves. That's where God finds us. Maybe, maybe life is just... Everything's clicking on all cylinders right now. I mean, you're here with your spouse and... Uh, you're not, your heart's not, here here, but your heart's not here. You don't have that intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. You're lost and you don't know it. You'll find him when you come to the end of your brokenness. He'll find you he'll be there so that's how he finds us but the question is what does god think of you when you're lost okay maybe you've wandered into this service today and uh, you know you're lost you're ashamed of the choices that you've made and You don't know how to find your way back. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, what does God think of me right now? In the parable this morning, what did the shepherd do with the wandering sheep? Does he read in the right act? Look at verse 5. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. That's how God thinks about you this morning. You're lost. You're at the end of yourself. What does the shepherd do? He finds the sheep. Does he put a noose around its neck and drag it back home? Picks it up. Puts it on his shoulders. And carries it back home. That's our salvation my friend. Jesus carries us. Back to the father. When it comes to our salvation. Jesus paid the price. Jesus carried the cross. Jesus put all of our sin all of our mistakes, upon Himself and suffered the consequences of our choices. And just what He did for us on Calvary's cross, He does in this parable. He carries the sheep back home. My friend, God wants to carry you. Look at the two verses here in in your outline this morning. Psalm 28, verse 9 says, Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Isaiah 46, 4, Even to your old age I am he. And to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear I will carry and will save. That's our God. That's our salvation. Some of you are coming to the end of your years. And there's some some fears of what's going to transpire possibly. Just know, my friend, your good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is going to carry you all the way home. He holds you. You don't hold him. And so here we see the the shepherd picking up his sheep. How do we let the shepherd pick us up? We let him pick us up. By repenting, admitting that the choices that we've made are wrong. It's led us to our lostness. We've wandered away from him. And if you'll choose to repent and say, God, I've failed. He doesn't scold in this parable. He picks you up. And he carries you home. That's our God. That is our salvation. And so we see something was lost. There's an all-out search. There's a recovery. And finally, there's a celebration. What is the emotional state of God? In the parables Is there a furrowed bat brow? Is there a pointing finger? Is there the phrase, I told you this would happen? Is that the heart of God in this passage of Scripture? There's rejoicing over one who has repented. There is joy. And just understand, church, that this parable isn't just about the non Christian who is lost, who has come back, who has found a relationship with Christ. This is referring to a sinner. We're all sinners. And even if we have a relationship with Christ and we've made mistakes and we've wandered from Him and at the at those dead ends where where we're feeling guilt and shame for those choices, the parable says when we repent. There is great joy in heaven. I've always saw that parable as just referring, thinking of lost people who have come to Christ, but this is referring to Christians who have repented as well. This is the heart of God this morning. There is pandemonium taking place if you've wandered from God just know that grace is on an all out search to find you you can't find that grace but when you choose to repent and say God I'm sorry God says there is great joy in heaven and he's going to pick you up and he's going to carry you home. That's the gospel. And it's stories like that that draw us to want to obey him, to want to serve him. People who say, Wow. If that's who God is, then I'm just going to go out and do what I want to do. And then when I'm done, Jesus can carry me home. Save people don't talk that way. Save people are overwhelmed with all that Christ has done for them, and they want to serve. Oh, are they perfect people? Absolutely not. We make mistakes. Every time we make a mistake, boy, that Holy Spirit who's with inside of us convicting, convicts our hearts, not only righteousness, but sin. It brings us back into that fellowship with God. This is what we believe about our salvation. May you come to know the God of the Bible in the same way. Let's pray. God, your grace is amazing. May we never get tired or weary about singing of your amazing grace. Because we were all lost. We were hopelessly lost in our trespasses and sin. There's no way on God's green earth that we could have found our way back home. We're sheep. And we needed a shepherd. And God, thank you for finding us. My friend... If you can't say that in your heart of heart, you, you are still wandering, lost in your trespasses and sin. Just know that God loves you. And he's searching for you. And if you will repent... God will carry you home. He will take what's broken and put it back together. Come home. Christian, repent. Let God carry you back home. He's there. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the heart of who God is. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for working in us when we couldn't do it ourselves. Be real to each one here in this service this morning.